We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing. I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome everyone to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 79, the show that scraps an entire episode and rewrites their notes when a new trailer drops. Thanks, Blaze. <laughs> appreciate that. That was nice. All right, each episode we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft, one or two topics at a time. My name is Jin, the one that spent his lunch break rewriting these things. <laughs> and today I'm joined by someone that gets to enjoy the fruits of these labors and enjoy, even though I told her, do not watch. Do not watch. It's Allie. What's up? Hey, how yeah, you doing? so I'm sitting, I'm sitting there working, right? And, you know, doing it was, it was actually kind of a busy day today. And it's about it's less than an hour before my lunch break. And I'm plotting out my lunch break at this point. I'm like, I'm going to sit outside, enjoy the beautiful weather we have today. And I'm going to watch this new cinematic that dropped. And it's going to be a wonderful lunch break. Next thing you know, look at my phone. I'm getting a text on my phone from Jin. Not the Discord, an actual text, which you will do once in a while. And a text saying, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What, what, what I want to watch it. Like, we're going to do we're gonna do live reaction on the show. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> It'll be fun, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I've had to work to avoid spoilers. It's a good thing work was busy today because, whoo. It's not easy to avoid spoilers. No, especially this one. This is a fun one. This will be good. This will be good. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that, um, good. We finally, after many, many, many attempts, finally got AOTC for everyone who missed it out of like the main people who come to raid. So uh, that's good. And now we're working on raid achievements, which... Uh, most of us got this past week, which is awesome. There were some people who missed it due to scheduling. So we're we're gonna try to get them theirs. Hopefully. I mean, I like my guildies, I would like to. I'm also feeling kind of done with this raid, even though I thought it was a good raid and ready to move on with my life. So I'm ready to be done. <laughs> but hopefully soon. And I did the calendar cup because that's how I roll. Literally. Actually, no, because that, that ability is really stupid on those races. But uh, I got gold and everything after much, many attempts of a few of them. And that's about it. A little bit of black flag. Yeah. Just kind of kicking it. What have uh, you been up to there, buddy? Oh, you know, stuff and things and work and all stuff that and things. stuff. All right. Yeah, because, you know. Got a big go live coming up here real soon this week. This week, so uh, yeah, expect another episode to be recorded very soon. Yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, I mean, yeah, you heard that I, I enjoyed the Post Malone concert last time with my little yeah. editor Jin jumping in, saying it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. I really liked it. That was a great concert. So, um, it's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Dude puts on a great show. But anyway. No, what's really going on is I only have one month, only one month left until the freaking Portland Marathon. In oh fact, my gosh. As you're listening to this, dear people in the future, 
It's less than a month. It's October 1st. Yeah. October 1st is the freaking Portland Marathon, and I will be there running my ass off. Uh, I don't know, if, figuratively, I guess, because it's not going to fall off. So, so I can't like, keep your ass. Like, you kind of need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got you to some glutes to get up the hills. Yep, it's important. <laughs> yep. As, it, as, you, as you going up the hills, it's like, oh, my butt hurts. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it does that. <laughs> it does that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, that's that's really it. I don't really have anything else going on, and so we'll. Just... Are you are you feeling? Hold, 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 okay, hold you got hold questions. On. You got questions. Are you feeling? Are you feeling ready? Month out at this point, are you feeling ready? Uh, I will get back to you after my run on Saturday because my run on Saturday <laughs> is the longest run for training, which is at a 20, oh 20 mile twenty miler. So I will be. Do a 20 wow. mile run, and I'm gonna try and do it as close to goal marathon pace as I can manage. With, all right, without all the tapers and the things like that. But yeah, it's good. I mean, I just did 60 miles last week. 60 miles because you know you have to do 18 and then you drop back down right. to 16. And now this week it's gonna be 20. And yeah, I was averaging about 720 per mile. So, uh, and that's not on a race day. That's just me training. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling. Feeling pretty good. All right. Feeling All right. Good. Oh yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the 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 old Boston qualifier may be in my grasp this time. That's only, awesome. I was a little two minutes shy. I was a little two minutes shy. So we'll see what happens. I believe in you. You and, got it. And if not, I just got another one two months later. That we'll just we'll just do it again. <laughs> do it. Do it again. Two months later. <laughs> Uh, you know, if it makes you happy, my friend, I will fully support you. My old lady knees cannot do this, but I, I will support you in this endeavor. I got, I got freaking shell crow stuck in my head. If it makes you happy, why exactly. are you so sad? Because I ran 26.2 miles and it hurts. It <laughs> <laughs> made me sad too. <laughs> I saw you after you run when you ran here. Like, I, uh, I get it. Yeah, that was, that was a little different. Yeah, that was, that was some lots of uphills because there was... I needed, I needed to run seven, Elevation. And, seven and a half <laughs> miles that way and seven and a half miles back. It was about six and a half miles of beautiful, nice, flat canyon little thing. It was beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and then it was like, here's a tiny ass trail that's just going straight up a hill. And it's like, okay, we'll do this for about a while. Welcome to running in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I was like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Even had a couple of people on bikes looking at me going like, we should tie a bungee cord to you because I was running past them because they were having to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. But yeah, that's that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, that's mm. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Do, do, do it. Nothing beats a brew shared between friends. So, Allie, what are we drinking? We're drinking a gin Ricky. Yeah, it is a gin Ricky. Now, I th- I, yeah, I, I threw this in here. Because I just, I had to read the little book, little, little entry in the book, because this is coming from, once again, thanks, Solaris Wesson, for suggesting Gin Made Me Do It. So, <laughs> here's the <laughs> blurb from Gin Made Me Do It on the Gin Ricky. Nowhere is summer hotter, stickier, or muggier than in the swamps of Washington, D.C. when there is an election campaign on. Back in 1883... After celebrating the election of his favorite candidate for House Speaker, Democratic lobbyist Colonel Joe Rickey walked into Shoemaker's Bar and invented the Rickey. He instructed the bartender 
George Williamson to mix rye whiskey, lime juice, and soda together to make a refreshing summer drink that can be good for hangovers as well as for thirst. The kernels stayed true to rye, but the crowd at Shoemakers liked the gin better. So, uh, there. If you'd <laughs> like to know how to make this yourself, you take the juice of one lime, squirt yourself into a little highball glass, and then you go ahead and put two fluid ounces, I see you laughing, Allie, two fluid ounces of gin... <laughs> Into that same glass on top of the, the ice and then uh, top it off with soda water. It says four fluid ounces, but I just I just topped it off. And a lime wedge to garnish. Give that a nice little stir and boom. I did not garnish. You did not garnish? I got I got one in there. See, it's floating. It's fresh. Fancy. Yeah, I stuck it in there. It's good. It's it's, it's good. It's a very mellow flavor. It, it's my mine is mostly mellow. My lime was mostly? very. My, my lime is very... Limey? I wanted to say limey, but I feel like I need to be better with describing it. It's it's a little more tart, maybe, with this particular lime. So it's it's interesting, but I like it. Like It's a simple drink to mix and to drink, and I don't drink gin often, but I'm gonna, because he's got this book now, and I know that's in my future. So it's uh, it's good. Yeah. I like it. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. So, Allie, would you make it again? Are you uh, are you are you coming around to the the flavors of the gin? And are you would you make a gin, Ricky, again? I think I would. It like I said, it's simple enough, and we do have a big ball of gin right now. So, um, I mean, I'm out of limes, but it's it's such an easy drink to mix, and that's the thing, right? Because there's so many cocktails that are super fancy schmancy. I am not a super fancy schmancy kind of person, but a simple one like this, I can do that. Yep. Yeah, as soon as it what talks you, about, what? like, smoking stuff and, like, you see all that crap, I'm like, I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not lighting <laughs> freaking rosemary on fire and putting it in a thing and then, what? No. It's fancy. That's, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, I would totally make this. Would you, too. you would? Yeah. 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 It's very light. It's very refreshing because it's mostly soda water and gin. Mm-hmm. As, as you know, it's made from junipers, so it's very piney. Very piney. It is piney. Oh, yeah. The piney and the lime is an interesting mix. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's a good, it's good little, little mix. But speaking yeah. of a good mix, uh, Patreon. Just do the thing. Because we have a good mix of patrons. Now, before you, before you begin, this is actually the Patreon little joke that I added from the previous one. So this these jokes won't make as much sense, but you just go read them anyways. We're just, we're just going with it. It's we're fine. just going with it. We're doing it live. <laughs> doing it live. Hey there, listeners. Do you hate getting stuck with an exorcism bill when a dreadlord infiltrates your office? I know I sure do. In the event that should be required, you can donate to our dreadlord removal fund just in case rumors turn out to be true. Make sure you listen until the end of the episode to find out how you can assist us and keep this show going. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? I literally pressed a button. I thought Allie was going to just keep doing the ABK thing. I was like, wait, oh, I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you, buddy. <laughs> super fast update on this whole Microsoft deal. Well, remember, we've talked about the UK and the CMA and they're like, no, cloud gaming, bad. You're, you're going to ruin cloud gaming. Eh, that's what they kind of said. And Microsoft appealed their decision. And the CMA said, <laughs> yeah, we're sticking with our decision because we know all there is to know about cloud gaming, and we know you're going to ruin it with this acquisition. Well, that's what they continue to say. 
Well, right. Microsoft said, all right, fine. And they rejiggered, changed, they, they, they finagled and, and strim, streamlined. <laughs> cut out a section of what supposedly they were going to be buying. Basically, they're not buying the cloud gaming stuff anymore, I guess. Whatever. And strangely enough, out of all this whole mix, guess who got involved now? Ubisoft. Ubisoft is now involved. And they're going to be the one that's going to be selling the cloud streaming rights for the next 15 years, according to the language of the deal. So cool, cool, cool. So Microsoft put out a statement. They said Microsoft has notified the restructured transition to the CMA and anticipates the CMA review process can be completed before the 90-day extension uh, in its acquisition agreement with Activision Blizzard expires on October 18th. So there you go. That's what they're doing. They, they, they changed it up. Now, some cloud gaming stuff is going to be on the Ubisoft launcher. So, hey, Allie's already set up because she's probably playing Assassin's Creed over there. I don't know, maybe on Steam because they, they got Assassin's Creed in there, too. It's yeah, I do it through Steam. But then every time I launched it through Steam, Ubisoft's launcher has a, you know, open too. So every time I see Black Flag, I see you Ubisoft. And so Black Flag makes me happy. I'm just like, all right, good for you, Ubisoft. You, you do your thing. So, yeah. There's, there's, there it is. That's your, that's your, uh, that's your update. It's a, there's the, they said the streaming is going to be Ubisoft now. Whatever. <laughs> going to change anything on my end. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that probably, like, I'd be really weird if they're like, hey, you people, you can't do the Blizzard launcher anymore. And I'd be like, well, that's weird. That's going to be well, Ubisoft it, now. I so I have not case. read this. Is this only... For people who live in the UK, no, who need to access the cloud streaming, or is that everywhere? It's everywhere, yeah. It's good. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Changes it all up. I I looked into this a little bit, but basically, it's like, like, why are we even asking the UK's opinion? Well, it basically because if you want to do any business there, you got to follow by whatever the rules are. It's it's why right, yeah. That's why you get a lot of like the cookie pop ups now on websites because the EU said stop tracking our data, right? And now the U.S. kind of got some of that stuff, too, because they didn't want to create two separate source codes for which region you're in. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they're basically following the rules. Whatever the strictest rule is, that's the one they follow. And so they're having to go with whatever the CMA says if they want to keep doing business in the U.K. Ultimately is where it kind of comes down to. It kind of similar to the whole China deal that happened. Remember how China was like, screw you, we're, we're out. So right. they, they they don't want to do that with the UK. They got, they got lots of players in the UK. So, yeah, that's a, that's a no-go for them. It's kind of a non-starter. Any other thoughts on this before we jump into this and, you know, allow you to finally watch this <laughs> cutscene? I don't want to wait any longer, so let's jump into it. All right, let's do that. What you talking about? What you talking about? Well, today, literally today, as we were recording this, Blizzard was like, hey, Fury of the Incarnates, you're going to get a freaky thing. Bada bing, bada boom. Yep, it's going live now. There it is. So we got a, we got a trailer and it is absolutely worth talking about because I was like, OK, we got a lot to talk about. It's a three minute video. And since I told Allie don't watch, let's uh, stop wasting time and let her watch the freaking video. 
Break the Titan's iron grip on this world. Not steal their children's future, as they did ours. I was just offering this whelp a chance to serve our cause and spare his people a gruesome yet delightful massacre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, What'd you think? As if I didn't need more reason to kill Farrakh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I feel I feel connected to the green flight. So especially, you know, little, little friend Jarethus. Garethus? Jarethus? Garethus? Garethus? It's sure. We'll go with Garethus. I've gone back and forth on that. I forget exactly how it is. Either way, him. <laughs> I may not pronounce his name correctly, but I do care about him. Like, you... The second I saw him, like, seeing if that's what it was and he's ready to kill him, like, I felt the blood boiling. <laughs> it's like, oh, hell no, you do not kill him. Like, <laughs> and so I was angry. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was very, like, I'm still coming down from, like, the rage I was trying to build inside me. I was like, no, I will protect him with my life. And then it was, I had to laugh because when, when, uh, Virenoth comes up, right? 
and she's basically telling him to stop. I'm sure that she's probably just saying Farrakh or whatever. But the way the way she was saying it, it sounded both times like she was saying F off. <laughs> <laughs> like she said it a couple the first time I'm like, did she just say to F off? Like what? <laughs> and then she said it again. I'm like, no, she's she's saying Farrakh. Like logically I know that, but some just like F off and that was funny. But uh, it's interesting to see uh, the rivalry between the two of them. And last thought for now before we actually talk about it. But like at the end, you know, he walks away saying, you know, get the, the power for us. And there's emphasis on us. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, we all know how this is going to go down. OK, like whatever. Like, first off, they're going to lose. Like, that's just how things go. But whatever power there is to gleam, like if Redicron's going to take it for himself. Do you really think, I mean, he let Farrakh dip into, you know, stick his straw into the shadow flame and sip on it for a while. And we saw his eyes do like the shadow flame thing. That was really cool. Like that's all the power this guy's going to get. All right. And if, if they were to get power, like, okay, fair enough, maybe, maybe a little bit, but like, you know, Redicron, like he's going to take it for himself. And then, you know, who's going to kill him and take it for themselves. The freaking old gods in the void. Because the these incarnates are just tools. Just like Deathwing was a tool. So boom, there's that. <laughs> okay. I have many thoughts, but let's let's, yeah, let's talk about this. This is the this is the entire episode. We were just gonna be talking about this freaking cutscene and kind of break it down and figure out what we can glean from it, figure out uh, everything that there is to find out. So obviously, you know, the first thing, yes, uh Gareth is you know, Earth was son. That's who is it was locked out. Right. So if you haven't seen it yourself, you know, go ahead and pause it. Go watch it. It's it's really cool. But he's got Gareth is just in some room and he's just like, oh, we, we, I'm gonna make it hot. Make, make it real hot. Like cat on a hot tin roof or something like that, right? And <laughs> Barack is just basically he's ready to kill the dude. He's, yeah. It's like he's very much ready to kill the dude. And that's the, that's the thing that is I'm kind of curious. Is, so do you think that the Shadow Flame is just already working its way into his mind or is that just for rock? Because that's that was kind of my takeaway because there's, you know, if you scroll down in a little bit in the notes there, there, Ali, you can see the, the eyes did clearly that was very obvious that they were they were thrown in there. So it's like, oh, yeah, every that single time he started getting a little. I, I guess, according to Viranoth, a little out of control, it was like the shadow flame was showing itself, uh, taking over. And I'm not like I, the, my my thought is, is this just his personality? Like, is he just is that just how he is? Or is he really like, OK, no, the shadow flame is taking taking hold. Like, what, what are you thinking on that? I think from what we've seen of him so far. I think a little bit of it is his personality, like a little bit, a, a little bit. But it, I feel like whatever part of the pers- his personality is in there from that, the Shadow Flame probably just magnified it by a crap ton. And now like it just brought out that even more to point that it, he is quicker to lose his mind and he is quicker to lose control. Because before, like, at least in the earlier times we saw Farrakh, it felt more like I go back to being a tool, but like 
it felt like he was more just a tool, you know, the, the dopey brother of the incarnates, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden here he is calling some shots to try to get into the Emerald Dream. Like, like I, f- I feel it's definitely the Shadow Flame doing stuff to his mind. But I think there's always been a little bit of that personality in him. He just like he likes fire too much. I get it. Yeah, and I get I, it. And, and you bring up a good point because I didn't have this in the notes. Um, based on the timeline and everything where this is happening, this happened after the scenes from the Mega Dungeon, right? So Riticon is now out of the picture. Right. For 10-2, he is probably not going to be seen at all. Come back in 10-3, probably. So now, Eritacron, the basically the leader of the Incarnates, right? He was the, pretty much the de facto decider. And now that left Veranoth and Farak. Like the, it didn't seem like we didn't at least get any hint that Eritacon put either one of them in charge. Right. So it seems like the two of them are now at odds a bit either. Because they, they definitely have different opinions on what they're supposed to be doing. Farak's like, burn it all down and figure it out later. Virnoth has the opinion of, we're supposed to be breaking the Titans. And, and I got it here in the... I kind of took this as she's shaping up to be the real good guy. Not us adventurers, but the real good guy. Um, because she wants to break the Titans' iron grip on this world, not steal their children's future as they did ours. Right? So she's like... What's the point of doing all this if we had to burn and kill everyone in the process? Right. Now, obviously, there's probably like I kind of see what she's saying, because, you know, a whole bunch of the the mortals living on Azeroth now are all descendants of Titan creations. Like probably most of them honestly are like we got, you know, me, the dwarf. Totally. Yep. Uh, You human that got turned into worgen yep uh that yeah titan creation it's pretty much all down the line with the exception of troll Torin, and i believe pandaren oh probably volpera like i think of volpera there i don't i don't think there's any titan creation around them that i'm at least we're aware of but like humans yeah gnomes yeah dwarves yeah draenei not originally from here <laughs> right. right yeah <laughs> um Blood elves, yes. Uh, night elves, yes. <laughs> he just trolls. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like the, the elves and the trolls are the ones that are like, there's questions there because we don't really necessarily know the origins of trolls. But anyway, so setting that aside, Viranoth says, remember what we're fighting for. Right. And that's kind of what like snaps him out of it. So just in your opinion, what do you think they are fighting for? I mean, in Veranoth's mind and what they were probably originally told by Riddicron was to either take down the Titans or free the world from the Titans control and then take down the Titans. Like I could see them wanting to take down the Titans ultimately, but I think it's to break their control on over over the world and hopefully more, at least in their mind. I don't know if they're fully aware of what all that would entail and what that would mean. And then there's this extra step of from Eridicron and old gods and void and that deal and everything that happens. So who knows that maybe it was Eridicron got whispered and told, hey, you want to take down the Titans? You know you do. Just just go do it. You know you want to. We'll, give, we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. 
we're totally not going to have you killed after this. It's fine. And <laughs> totally not the Joker in the Dark Knight killing all of my henchmen in the beginning of the movie. Exactly. Exactly. So, And of course, I mean, it makes sense that he would be against the Titans. So he's probably all for it. And that's probably what Varenoff still believes is their crusade right now. It may or may not be <laughs> based on what Eurycron's doing, but I found it interesting because there was a moment, I kind of go back to the whole concept of Shadow Flame and what it might be doing to Frock. There is a moment at the end, you know, after Frock storms off, which is straw, he leaves. And Vir- it's just Virenoff and Gerethus, right? Gerethus. We'll say Gerethus. And there's this pause. It was, it was a very full pause. And there was this brief moment of, is she going to kill him before she leaves? Like, she almost had this look like she was considering it. Like, I almost saw for a brief moment that maybe some ice school was going to impale him or something. Like, I was, I was worried for a moment there. And I feel like if she was one of the ones to partake in the Shadow Flame, she probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was that moment. And... While we were never told Varanoth was a leader, now, you know, Rurikron's gone or whatever, I kind of wonder if she feels that way because there was that moment before Farrakh went flying down to Zeralit Caverns to burninate all the things. And, you know, they 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 sent him off and Rurikron and Varanoth are up there talking like, let, let him go have his fun. Let him go do the things with the elders and, and you know, go sip on the juice. We'll do our thing. Like it kind of felt like they were above Brock a bit there. So I want, I kind of wonder if unofficially Virenoth is leading right now, or at least she thinks she is in her mind. Whereas Frack, you know, juiced up on the shadow flame is probably ready to, you know, be more in charge than he was before too. So. Right. So uh, I got a couple more questions and things that we can we can talk about here. So a really interesting thing, even some people in my own guild, I, I Timberwall Tavern, they like to think that Viranoth will be changing sides come 10-3. Ever since we got the, the cutscene, which we haven't reviewed yet in this um, fine podcast, because um, I don't even know where that cutscene is in game. I don't know. Uh, it's a random it's a random quest to go talk to Alex Straza. like it's over in Waking Shores and it was just it's just kind of there I, I just did it the other day yeah I haven't I haven't done yeah. it <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know where this is anyways it's this is the one where she shows up and it's like you know uh, she talks to Alex Straza, and I'm kind of curious like where chronologically did she talk to Alex Straza before this I think yes Right, so, I think so. Yeah, so yeah I'm pretty can, sure. If you can get the quest just by going over the Waking Shores of Random Quest and go talking to Alex Straza, then okay. So that makes sense. But what are you thinking? Do you think Viranoth is going to switch sides? Switching sides. I don't think she is yet because, I mean, I think she may have been softened a bit by her conversation with Alex Straza. But, I mean, based on this cinematic, she seems to still really believe in what the original goal of this crusade, I'm going to call it, uh, is for them. And, you know, going against the Titans and breaking Titan control over things, right? So, I, considering her conversation with Farrakh and Garethus, 
she's still all for that. So I don't see her switching sides, but you're seeing a bit of softness from her. And it was it was an interesting conversation with her and Alex Straza. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the end. At some point, like something's going to happen, right? Either, I don't know, maybe Vernoth is going to sacrifice herself to save Alex Straza. Or, I don't know, like that that interaction between her and Frock there have me has me wondering what's going to happen with Varanoth now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I see. I don't know if she's swapping sides. Um, it definitely seems like where they're going to go, because as we've kind of been seeing a lot of hints from from all sorts of places is they've got the Titans are not quite so good as we thought they were. And it seems like maybe once we get to a point where Tyr is resurrected or something like that, I'm not really sure how Viranoth is going to react to that. Right, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Might get to a point where Alex Straza and the rest of the Aspects are a little disillusioned on what the Titans' overall plan and, and their opinion on the mortal races, right? Because we've talked about, like, they've got the freaking Forge of Origination, which is pretty callous, right? It was like, they're just like, oh, well, you know, if there's a problem, we'll just wipe out all mortal life because pff, it's mortal life. What do we care? <laughs> that's right. That's not a it's not a great outlook, especially to someone like the life binder, who, number one, she's super into the life. And, and also she lives here, too. So she'd be gone. Right. <laughs> so. Right. Um, and it kind of it, it kind of is making me think like, especially considering the, the conversation that Alex Straza and Viranoth had. And I feel like we're going to get more in, into that with the uh, the novel coming up here in a couple months. It's just going to be all right. Um, it's not so much that she's going to swap sides. It's more like they're going to compromise and meet in the middle. And Farak will be dealt with in 10-2, right? Because Farak is, he's lost his marbles. <laughs> just a wee bit. Yeah. And yeah, I totally agree. It's to the point where, like you had mentioned earlier, where he says, the power will be ours. Like, I'm always getting some freaking like Golem Spiegel vibes from him with where he's like, oh, ours. <laughs> like, like me, myself, and I, right? Where is some, Maybe. It's our power. Farak <laughs> and Shadow Flame Farak. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, That would not surprise me if it ends up being something like that by the end. Yeah, because that's the vibe I got when the way he said it, he's like, it will be ours I'm like, dude take it easy it, yeah it was really good i also hope like this is such a small one-off thing it doesn't matter i hope if in game we figure out where that conversation took place that we see his little like fire claw marks he did at the end there that's obviously gonna leave mark in that building right like i oh, yeah. i hope we see that just that little small attention to detail that would be really cool mm-hmm. yeah so i'm not convinced it's a i would call it a swapping sides but it seems like, like, for example, they got um, Alex Straza and Varanoth kind of are on the same page that whatever the Titans did to the eggs sounds like, I don't know, the Titan version of eugenics, effectively. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going to, like, change the eggs or, you know, change these dragons while they were still in the eggs or, you know. Um, they both thought that that was an abhorrent act, given no choice in the matter. It was just yeah. like, oh, we're just going to. There's going to supercharge all these eggs and they're all going to be dragons now. And it's like, well, we saw some proto dragons over here. We have dragons over here. We were given choices. And I because I have a feeling that's where it's going to going to lead is that the Titans were like, 
we don't care. We're gonna we're gonna make dragons with this um with these eggs. I mean, if you protojects, you want to go lay more eggs later, sure. Uh, but we're just we we need some dragons, okay? Not not you, proto things. Anyway, that that's kind of my how I'm feeling on it. Like it it just seems like they're going to. Like I said, not necessarily switch sides, but come to more of a, a compromise and an understanding that, hey, the Titans aren't great, but whatever Frack is doing, that's not great either, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> friggin' uh, the Big Lebowski. It's like, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> right? Come on, Frack. <laughs> you're supposed to be changing hearts and minds, not burning them to death. Like, concept, yes, yes. I have a question. And it could be a moment of I've slept since then. Do the aspects know about the eggs and their Titan juju bath? I don't know. Like if like we're talking about the water specifically from, yeah. you know, Tearhold or Old Doris yeah. or whatever it's freaking called. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if they know. I don't know if they okay. know how it's basically fluorinated water basically but you know like actually <laughs> conspiracy theory like stuff not not just like we're trying to make your teeth better uh, but like <laughs> we're trying to basically get you all like agree with our philosophies change literally change your way of thinking by just giving you this water that uh was originally polluted by you know Yagsaron messed up you know right messed up Galacron which mm-hmm. Ritacron now has uh, <laughs> Galacron power. That'll, uh, that's going to be fun there. Galacron dues. Yeah, that's, that's looking good to that. Look, looking forward to whatever that is. All right, so I got a question, and this is Kay. this is Kay. my big question from this video that made me go, oh, okay, all right, all right. What is the power contained within the tree? Because that's what they want, because that was my kind of big thing. It's like, okay, we know we're going to the Emerald Dream. We know we need to protect the world tree. Chromie was like, oh, the world tree. Yeah, dude. Alex Shaz was like, oh, the defense of a beard yourself comes first. Now we know why. Supposedly, within that tree, in the heart of it, a whole bunch of power. Which makes sense. I mean, it's a tier of a loon, right? It's a very powerful artifact. And then a tier of a loon chock full of a bunch of Kaldori souls, which turned it into kind of a seed. And they stuck it in the Emerald Dream to sprout up. So what is that power? Other than, like, I don't know, it's power of a loon. <laughs> Could just be that. I, I mean, I do have two thoughts with that. My first, my very first thought was, you know, let's let's puzzle this out a bit. What makes World Trees special? What makes them powerful? What is their use? Uh, well, their original use, let's say go back to Nordrasil, that was Illidan created Well of Eternity 2.0, and... Malfurion slapped him across the face and was like, are you kidding me right now? This is literally what got us into the trouble in the first place. It's how the Burning Legion found us, you moron. And they planted a world tree and it was like... To protect it, right? No more. No. Bad, bad Burning Legion. You don't know that we're here. (laughs) And then if you go to... Let's see. So that's that's Nordrasil. And then if you go up to the one in Northrend, that's all chopped down, Right. Mm-hmm. The current name of it is Voidrasil, but originally it yes. was like Crown of Heavens or something. I don't remember, I don't remember the, the original name. Uh, but anyway, that one was, hey, the Serenite in the area is making the fur bogs and right. something else, whatever. A couple of the, the locals go nuts and try and kill each other. 
Fandral Staghelm was like, trees are great. I love trees. Let's plant a tree. It'll chill all the area out. Obviously, that didn't work out great because... <laughs> nope. That's, that's, how we, <laughs> that's how we got the Emerald Nightmare. Oops. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? So, because, uh, you know, Roots burrowed into um, Yogg-Sharon's prison and Yogg-Sharon was like, don't mind if I do. Um, there you go. And then the Teldrassil. Honestly, I think, I think Teldrassil was just, hey, night elves need a capital. <laughs> I don't remember if there was anything <laughs> it, it else other than feel. that. There was something about when Teldrassil was, I mean, it was never blessed by the aspects, right? Right. That's why we got some satyrs up in there when you're right. back in the day. It's like, world trees in general, like, have power. I mean, they have to have some kind of power in order to do the various things I've been asked or utilized to do. We know how a mirror still is formed. And my, my second thought was that it has to do with a loon. Because yeah. sure, nine elf souls are good and blah, 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 blah. But like a loon, it's a big factor, right? They mean, I don't know if they know it's a loon's power. I don't know if they were eavesdropping in a conversation and found out how it was made. But it could be trying to get some a loon type power from the tree, maybe. That was that was one of my thoughts. Yeah, because in the in the cutscene from Shadowlands, it was we got a tear balloon, right? So we got a tear balloon, cool. Uh, and then they did some friggin' Lulus, a loon as acting in Taronda's form and all that through Taronda, so, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the Winter Queen. Uh, so that it it really has the power of both a loon and the Winter Queen uh, within it, and then a bunch of Night Elf souls, like you said. So you know, Ardenwield yeah. and death and whatnot. Yeah, so it supposedly has the power of a loon and Ardenweald, and so basically life and death incorporated within it simultaneously. So I don't know what they can do with it, but it ain't order, right? So they could probably right. use it to beat back some order. I feel like that's probably part of their plan is that give me some titans and I'll use some freaking loon power on her. I mean, I can see how they think that maybe that's what they're going to do. I feel like that's not the most useful power to use against the Titans. Especially not <laughs> ENR. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like that, be like, thanks. I feel I feel like they're a little too close to each other in, on the cosmology chart to be super powerful against them. But at the same time, they may not know these things. They may be acting blindly on orders that they were given. And they followed blindly because they are against the Titans. So anything that lets them be against Titans, then they're probably all for it. Yeah, because that kind of leads me to a, a pretty decent question of how on earth did Farak even know about the world tree? I'm, I mean, I'm guessing it probably has to do with primalist yeah, eyes. it has to. Within... Well, because everything that happened with Rhymnicast, as mm-hmm. we call him around here, Rhymnick, whatever. Yeah, Rhymnick. He's an yeah, asshole. It's Rhymnicast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> everything that happened with that quest line, I'm, I'm sure the Incarnates know about that. Yeah, because I feel like that's really what it kind of came down to is that they had some, the primalists got some spies up in there um, and they were able to figure out that, yeah, there's a world tree that they're growing in the, in the dream. All right. So let's, so he, he knows what they're hiding. Probably more primalist spies get kind of figured out of what that, what that world yeah. tree really is. All right. They're like, well, I saw Taronda and Malfurion go up in there with, uh, with, uh, okay, let me, let's, uh, Marithra. I'm not adding an L this time. Like I tend to do. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is her name in the notes? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 
they went in there with Marithra and then, you know, and Toronto was carrying this big old chunky thing. And uh and she came back out, wasn't wasn't holding no more. I got I got growing a world tree and then, you know, they were in the Shadowlands for a couple of years, so <laughs> who knows? So I think that's where that prop that makes the most sense to think. They got spies. It does. I mean spies. We we've seen plenty of quest lines where oh no, there's a primalist spies, go kill them. Yep. And they probably even just overheard, I don't know if they overheard like how it was made, maybe, but like definitely when it was discovered that it was growing, currently growing in the Emerald Dream and some of the green flight very clearly were trying to protect it. <laughs> and then we got involved. I'm sure that all that got relayed. Yep. All right. Do you have any more thoughts, questions before I, I go into some more of my uh, fun questions here that I have? Bring it on. Let's do it. All right. Last episode, you asked me, what about Somnicus and Jerithus, right? What role are they going to be playing in 10.2? So now that we know that there's going to be something going on in 10.17 with Jerithus, possibly, do you think that there's like to turn the tables? What do you what do you think Jerithus role is going to be since he is so prominent in this uh, cutscene? I was not expecting him. I was like, I mean, we got to see him in his like visage form. I was like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? Um, <laughs> that took me by surprise, honestly. I I worry now that he's going to survive for starters. And I will cry on this very show <laughs> if he gets killed off. Him and Somnicus, man, I tell you. Um, I, I worry that he's going to end up sacrificing himself. Okay. For some to save the Emerald Dream or to, in 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 his attempt to try to save his mom or Yasera, you know, grandma or whatever. Like I, I worry that he's gonna die, sacrificing, like trying to, you know, die. In the, he's gonna die in the blaze of glory, and I, I worry that Frock's gonna be one to kill him. Yeah, I could see that. Where he's like, oh, it's you again. <laughs> and, and yep, exactly, exactly. Oh, I don't mean, I don't think it's going to be necessarily, you know, a front and center kind of role. But I mean, very clearly some kind of role if they utilized him in this hatch, in this intro. And I kind of wonder if in 1017, we're going to see hit more of him to kind of build up whatever he may be used for in 10.2. Yeah, I do think that, you know, since we... Since we know in 1017, we're getting the dream surges. Um, yeah. In fact, not a spoiler, folks. I mean, when you're listening to this, it's going to be live. Go go do some dream surges. They apparently yep. happen every 30 minutes. <laughs> anyway, I feel like he might be involved in dealing with the dream surges and things like that. Or there's yeah. like one of the yeah. initial quest givers saying that, oh, hi, uh, Farak was doing some mean things to me. Um, and he, he really wants to... He really wants to go after the tree. So, and it kind of makes sense now when, when I'm thinking about this. So we got Farak. He's going a little nuts. What is Farak all about? Obviously the fire. Makes sense that he would be like, you know, there's a group of people that I kind of resonate with. Like, I really appreciate their vibe. Obviously, it's the Druids of the Flame. <laughs> Obviously. Right? It kind of makes, makes sense. sense. Kind of makes sense yeah. that, he, that, that, you know, they would somehow get synced back up and connected and yeah like i, I, I kind of get that now so yeah i'm like and i guess the the question to you then ali is do you think 
Staghelm survived, or is it just some other random Drew to the Flame kind of being the leader now? I'm a little worried at the moment, actually, because I just had a thought. All right, bring it on. This is not going to. This is not going to answer your question, but this is like a, in the moment light bulb thing. It just happened. That's, that's the fun of these episodes. And this, okay, this might be a stretch. This might be a stretch. So we know that when a being gets killed, they get sent back to their realm, right? Sure. Yeah. <sighs> well, is there any chance of Ragnaros coming back? Because we we killed him in Firelands. I think the does, answer does he to regenerate? that is. I don't know. Right? The let's just say the story team could easily come up with an explanation as to why Ragnaros oh, does sure. come back. Yeah. So it's it's certainly it, it'll it's always on the table. Well, that is true that it is always on the table. I think it's important to call out that technically there is a new Fire Lord right now. Fire Lord Smolder on uh, that the shaman put in place during their Legion campaign questline. So, yeah, I thought that would be important to call out here as we continue this uh, little fun discussion. So, anyway, back to the show. Because I worry that that's why the Druids of Flame are back in the picture. And uh, I had this mental image of Farak meeting Ragnaros and telling Ragnaros about the Shadow Flame. And what if Ragnaros himself does a little sipping of the Shadow Flame and we get some kind of weird Shadow Flame Ragnaros? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems to me like Ragnaros would almost see Shadow Flame as like, like an abomination. Right? It's like, that's not fire. That's some Shadow Flame crap. Like, no, I'm, I'm fire. I'm pure, pure fire. Maybe. That, maybe. That's kind of just how I see Ragnaros. And, and that's fair. Just because they're, I mean, they're the ele- elemental lord of fire, right? Barak is just, I'm a dragon. <laughs> so I could see why right. he would be like, right. Shadow Flame's great. So could, could it be? Absolutely. I mean, yes, it could be. What if? Mm, okay, ready? Ready? What if? I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, you're okay, going to be ahead. ready. The, it's going to happen anyways. The Druids of Flame, much like the Titan Eggs, not the Titan Eggs, Dragon Eggs didn't get a choice. You're not getting a choice. So <laughs> what if the Druids of the Flame talk to Farak, Farak about Ragnaros, right? So what if, and this is, this is a big stretch. I know it is, everyone. It's okay. What if Farak goes to the Firelands and breathes some kind of shadow flame near where he died or something or other of Ragnaros. And that's how Ragnaros comes back because of the shadow flame. And so he comes back basically corrupted by the shadow flame again, against his, his will. Like he didn't have a choice in this rock brought him back thinking that it would help fight the tie. He would fight help fight the Titans or something. And then we get some kind of shadow flamey Ragnaros that way. And that's how Ragnaros comes back. Cause we saw Ragnaros in the very beginning of this expansion when we went through the the time portals, you know, with right. what's his face, and we got to see the Black Empire again, right? Like yeah, Dante. What Dante? Thank you. Like, what? What if this is kind of how Ragnaros comes back? It certainly is plausible. It's it's possible that this is how, how it is because it is feeling like eleven O is going to be some type of. I, I'm not going to call it like oh, it's the Elemental Lord expansion. It kind of feels like it might be. Next expansion is probably going to be more focused around the Elemental Lords and things like that. 
And then obviously they bring in some external threat and things like that, just like they're doing here, right? So we got dragons, but they're like bringing in like, oh, there's some void stuff. There's a I see in the, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. And then we have, you know, Farrak going like, oh, Deathwing went a little senior psychopath when he was uh, drinking some, uh, some shadow flame. I can handle it, though. Don't worry about me, guys. Right. I can handle it. <laughs> Dopey McGee over here. <laughs> Mr. I'm a hammer and every problem is a nail. <laughs> Literally, I'll burn it. <laughs> it's like, uh, so, Farak, how are you going to handle that problem? Uh, is it flammable? I mean, if you apply enough heat, kind of everything's flammable, then I'm going to burn it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's where he's uh, yeah, that's where he's at. So, yeah. Is Farak going to be the reason that the fire what, the Fire Lord comes back? Even if Farak died, uh, that's actually a decent question. If Farak were to die, would he go to the elemental plane of fire? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Or would he go to the Shadowlands? Because we never really saw dragons in the Shadowland either. I mean, there's Ysera, but that's... That was, that was a special it's case. It's Ysera. That's different, yeah. We literally watched Elune pick her up and stick her there. So Right, mm. yeah. That's different. <laughs> That's maybe, maybe he would go like, I don't know about all the other dragons, but like maybe, I mean, we've seen other creatures when they're, you know, filled with enough of fell, for example, that's where they end up going to see another. So I can see he's obviously filled with enough, enough fire. Maybe he does go to Firelands. And that's it, interesting, too, because I'd be kind of curious to pick Stevie D's brain on this because it's like, OK, these are realms that Titans literally created or were the realms there already and the Titans, all they did is they locked them in place, right? Is that, so I feel like that might be more what, you know, uh, Helia actually did is the realms right. already existed. She didn't create, create them. She basically just, you know, locked the door and threw away the key kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, maybe. Cause I mean, that was the, that's a good question. Cause that was a big thing, right? You know, the, the dark iron dwarves, they summoned, you know, Ragnaros, yeah, too soon executives. You get the idea, right? And too soon. Yeah. And when Ragnaros got defeated, he went back to the Firelands. So Mr. Fire, but over here, is he going to go to the Firelands when he dies? And if he does, is he going to be still shadow flamey? Right? And is he going to corrupt the shadow or the Firelands? Right? That'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting tale that you could tell. And it's like, oh, when Farak died, he brought the shadow flame with him. Hmm. <laughs> I don't I'd buy it, right? It's like, okay, he went to the he went to the Firelands and things happened and then, you know, Viranoth, he she tried to to help and but you know, she died, so she, but she went to the realm of I guess water. I don't know what to think about Viranoth. I'm sorry. They made her look and sound like the Winter Queen. I just don't know what to think about Viranoth right now and her connection to anything. Yeah, I don't really know what to think about, but like I said, I it feels like, like I already said, it feels like they're trying to set her up as like, she's the good guy because she is the one that possibly is, she sees the badness of the Titans, right? Yeah. She was like, look, what they did is unforgivable. They're literally just changing things without their consent and, and doing, modifying things how they, how they see fit. No joke. They were participating in eugenics of dragons is what they were doing. Right. And she's like, this is horrible and disgusting and just completely unforgivable. Right. It is an abhorrent act that, yeah, they never should have been allowed to do. And, and even Alex Straza agreed. Right. She didn't even 
argue that point. She's like, mm, that sucks. <laughs> not, it's right. not good. Yeah. So since she's got that and she's also trying to keep Farrakh in line, so not kill Garethus because she even says, she's like, we're trying to fix things, not kill everything in the process and then just like, oh, yay, we won. But right. who cares? There's no one left. We burned them all down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's uh, where Viranoth... I'm, I'm really really curious to see where Viranoth's story is going to go. Farak, I Me pretty too. much know where his story is going to go. He's going to try and burn a tree. He's going to get killed in the process. Yay! Yeah, probably. <laughs> and we'll all be happy for it. But where's Viranoth going? Because last time we were talking about, oh, 10-2, is Viranoth going to be in Ardenweald? Because we had to find a back door into the Emerald Dream because they had to go... Because Farak already said it. I'm going to find another way into the Emerald Dream. Is he going through the portal? Right, yeah, yeah. That seems like a pretty direct way of getting there. Oh, possibly. So maybe he's just going to the portal and busting up the portal like we kind of talked about last episode. And then they got to, you know, as I jokingly said, kill yourself, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Find the yeah. back door into the Emma Dream. So maybe that's still a thing. But now I'm thinking, I don't know if Viranoth's going to be a boss in the next raid. Maybe not. She might actually come 10.2 because this is this. This, I remind you, everyone, this is the trailer for 1017. This yeah. is not the trailer for 102, which I'm sure right. we'll get all up and up and out business soonish. <laughs> Whenever that, I don't know. What are we thinking? What do you, what do you, what do you think the actual release date for 102 is? I'm thinking October. My my current theory is it's going to come out early-ish October. Because the 1017, like the point sevens, they're, they're short. They're usually quick. It's, so my theory is that it's going to come out early October. And then just with like just enough time for, you know, most people to see the cinematic from the raid. That way at BlizzCon, they can announce 10.3 and then, but wait, there's more 11.0 the end. Right. Yeah. So looking at this, we've got 10.17 coming out as you're listening to this on September 5th. Cool, 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 cool. So going forward just one month, right? That's basically October 3rd. For 10 2, that feels it feels quick. It feels quick. One month after that is effectively like the like the first Tuesday of of November is right after BlizzCon, which is November 7th. So I'm thinking it's either because we also have to consider it's gonna be a race to world first. They usually try and keep that in mind. So are we thinking more early October so that they can knock out the race to world first before uh BlizzCon because they usually they 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 like to be at least a little cognizant of like I know you guys are gonna freaking know life this because it's kind of yeah. a thing and we don't want to like mess with your holidays right in the holiday uh, area so yeah I'm For thinking sure. like October 10th or 17th and just give us a little bit of time maybe maybe October 10th <sighs> 17th might be 10th would be probably more like it because 17th like. We know we're going to get 10-3. Yep. All right. Like it was announced. It was, it was on the roadmap. You so like they're going to want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I imagine they're going to try to give people a chance to see this is what happens at the end of the raid in 10-2. And I feel like it's been so long since we have a BlizzCon that it would be silly for them to not announce the next expansion. Yeah. And this is actually right on target for their expansion announcement. Right. It's this is this is the BlizzCon that they, they announce expansions. So well, let's kind of like keep going through this. I'm really curious. Let's see. They're going to have 
tend to probably right around the time of BlizzCon, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe like literally November 7th is when it comes out. It could be a possibility. I think that one of the first things that we are going to see come the WoW panel, like the the WoW What's Next panel, like they always have that. It's going to be the 2024 roadmap. Okay. I'm pretty sure they're going to yeah. cover the, just like they they gave us the 2023 roadmap. They're going to give us the 2024 roadmap. And um, it's it's been great. It's a great way to be, to communicate. And I think on the whole, the community has appreciated it. Yeah. So and that's going to include 10 to 5, 10 10 3. Right. And that's going to be all the little updates leading us into 10 3 when Eridicron makes his like, I'm a void bitch. Like, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm now it's got me thinking like, okay, with all of this, where where could ten two five take us? Right? And we're like, hmm. Gilneas. <laughs> <laughs> we were told we're getting it back and it hasn't happened yet. So it's happening after ten two, I'm calling it. It's either gonna be point five or point seven, but it's happening after ten two. All right. So th- yeah, I could that's gonna be my Christmas gift to me from Blizzard. Yeah. And and since <laughs> and since we don't know what the heritage armor quest lines are right now that you will be by the time you listen to this you'll know what this is so this is just us thinking about it i'm kind of curious to know like all right are we gonna have new heritage quest line because i think we're pretty much caught up for all of the rest like that's just about everyone right because i know the dwarves got them because i got mine uh, all dwarves th- got them worgen got them humans got them orcs got them nine elves are getting them yeah, I think I think that's everyone. Draenei, Draenei, Draenei might be missing. I don't know if the Draenei have a have heritage armor. But but elves got theirs. But Draenei actually are getting uh, a fun story content. I don't know if it's for just for Draenei yet, but I know Draenei are getting because right. you get the Benari quest line. Yeah, and then we have gnomes and goblins. They haven't gotten heritage armor yet, right? Scrolling through, I'm looking at all the heritage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So gnomes got there. It's the check of the, okay. the gnome gear commander heritage armor. It okay. kind of looks like the operation mecha gnome or not uh, mecha gone, not mecha gone. No, we're gone. But is that is that okay? That's what okay. it kind of looks like. It looks a lot like okay. the, the, some of the stuff that you got during the um, operation um, no we're gone kind of stuff back in Kata time frame. I think that was right. So then we got Pandaren. Uh huh. Um, Did they well, get theirs yet? Well, here, let's see. So, obviously, we got all of the the allied races. So, the allied races got theirs. So, Blood Elves got theirs. Dwarves got theirs. Gnomes got theirs. Um, goblins. Humans uh, just got theirs, basically. Orcs just got theirs. Uh, Torin and Worgen. So, that leaves out. There is no Pandaren set. All right, so that'll be that'll be interesting. And I'm not seeing Draenei and I'm not seeing like OG trolls. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no dark spirit troll heritage armor. So we could see some of those coming up um, as well. Maybe in 1025 or 1027. Uh, maybe. maybe. And like along with the Forsaken, right, that, that we're going to be seeing as well as the, the Night Elves. I'm kind of I'm really curious to see where that's going to lead because I feel like that is probably going to be where they're like fixing up um, Lordaeron or Undercity, right? I think that that's going to be the main. That would make sense. I yeah. think it's going to be the main thrust of that quest line is is them fixing that up. So I'm just kind of curious what the how you would work that into the Gilneas 
Right? You get yeah, you kind of could. You could but, maybe. I mean, it'd be really rude if you know you guys got a second set of heritage driver. So I'm thinking you'll do something else. Right? <laughs> maybe it'll just be more customizations, like like we talked about. Right? Because we were thinking about you know maybe more worgen are asleep underneath Darlnir and they and we find them when we get there or something like that. So. And maybe their hair will be more flexible and clip less through every helmet ever. <laughs> and I can wear my pirate hats without having a little bit of clipping in the back. At least it's like in the back and it's kind of hidden. So it's not so bad. But there's just there's like permanent section of the hair that's just always there. and You cannot customize it at all. It's just there. Yep, clips through everything. All right. Do we have any idea? based on this video of what might be coming in maybe at 10 to 5 or are we we're we thinking it's too early to to make any assumptions because i think i think that might be when they actually do deal more with Viranoth is my kind of take i think she is not going to be present in the raid after seeing this and after her conversation with alex Straza, she's probably going to opt out like this is kind of a you thing. Because even, even Nazdormu, like going back to the other one, Nazdormu saw... All I see now are burning embers encroaching upon... He didn't see, he yeah. didn't see no iciness. He didn't, no. He's like, oh, it's, it's chilly and it's, it's hot at the same time. No, he's like, it's really hot and it's burning. Leads me to believe that Barak is going to find his way into the Emerald Dream. We got to stop him. All right, that's, that's what we got to do. Viranoth doesn't seem to be on board with whatever he is doing. Obviously, I mean, they literally, the two of them practically tried, tried to kill each other. Well, Barak tried to kill uh, Viranoth and yeah. <laughs> Viranoth was like, knock it off, dude. <laughs> Remember what we're fighting for. So <laughs> F off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm thinking she, and like I said, I don't think she's switching sides, but I think 1025 is going to be the quest line of her changing allegiance in a in a sense possibly right because that's when they that's when they tend to do more of like a a bigger chunk of the story because that's when we got the you know the the dun dungeon it's of usually the aftermath well and that's yeah it's like it's usually the aftermath of at least sometimes it's the aftermath of the tier raid right yeah it's so I, I don't i don't know if i see her switching sides though i can see her struggling with it but I don't know if I see her actually switching sides. I'm kind of, like I said, I, I'm kind of thinking like maybe what's kind of going to go down. So we we dealt with dealt with the the infinites, kind of. We killed Chrono Lord Deos, right? D didn't get any confirmation that we got the discs back, right? The the discs of Tear. So probably we're going to be dealing with, I feel like 10 to 5 might be Tear. Bringing, yeah, bringing him back. I can see that. Um... And I don't know, maybe Viranoth will, will make an appearance there. Like, and maybe even she just shows up and starts questioning him. Like, what the what the hell gave you the right to do what you did? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen, because I think Tyr's going to come back. That's how the aspects get empowered again, because he's, he's back and he can, you know, finish the oath, the final oath stone, the mother oath stone. And Viranoth, you know, is like, will be spying like in the shadows or something and then walk out of the shadows and be like, What? The actual F are you all doing and who do you think you are here to force us and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think I think that might be where 1025 goes is. I like that. Yeah, possibly bring back tier 
which I think I think that's where where it's going to be, and then yeah. that's where she'll probably state state her piece and say like, and and Alex Shazza may even back her up, right? Because she seemed to to go with her a little <sighs> she bit. She might, yeah. That's going to be interesting, right? Because the tear, and and we've seen some of these Titan and cosmic creatures like uh, like uh, not necessarily Titans, but we've at least seen the Constellar kind of change their mind based off of, you know, the evidence presented yeah. towards them, like Algalon, right. right? Back in Old War. Right? He's like, whoa, wait, mortals actually matter? <laughs> right? It's kind of this, right? They, you're, you know, as, as he was talking about, like, you know, it seems to be your imperfections and, and everything like that is what, you know, gives you meaning and, and purpose. And he's like, he's talking about how he's lived millions and millions of life lifetimes, basically, but what does it all mean? It's kind of nothing. It's like, well, yeah, if you just, all you're doing is sitting up in the stars, staring at a planet, eh, kind of nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's what, where I'm setting, settling on is Tyr will probably be reformed in 1025 and Viranoth is going to be like, like you said, WTF, mate, WTF. <laughs> all right. Final thoughts before we start wrapping up the show. Any other ideas? thoughts that we oh, would... just it was a great cinematic like once again the cinematic team's doing so good just the small details the animation of their mouth when they're speaking like even frock with all the stuff going on in his face like you could just it was just again cinematic team just doing a great job his little prying man to the mandibles basically <laughs> right and she's like it's good <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts, dear Jen? Uh, Matt Mercer is killing it with Farrakh's voice acting. <laughs> he's, doing a, he's doing a damn good job. So uh, good job. Good job, Matt. Well done. Very much appreciate the craziness that you're able to uh, portray <laughs> in that, that voice acting. So, yeah. And I think that's it for me. I think, yeah, that's what it is. That was a fun, that was a fun discussion. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun. All right. Well, you got a you got a job to do. I sure do. Do indeed. That's right. So it's the part of the show where we like to say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. Even when it gets super silly. If you'd like to join their ranks and support this show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. That's where we release monthly recordings of various, various things and have a lot of fun. Good. Yep. Latest recording was. Let's rank the, uh, well, it was, we created a bracket and it was a, it was a, an amazing tier list, or not a tier list. We did tier list the last time. Uh, it was going up against all of the different, um, expansion cinematics and who came out on top. So, uh, if you were curious what the greatest World of Warcraft expansion is, according to our very scientific method, go, go check out Patreon and you can listen for yourself. And listen to where Allie's heart breaks. But that aside, <laughs> we do have a patron that actually upped their pledge. Wild Man CA, hello. Thank you for joining the ranks of top patrons. Awesome of you. Thank you so much. While we do like to thank all of our patrons every single week, thank you all so much. We do like to give those top patrons a very special thank you. So the Kunkka said it right. <laughs> Wild Man CA, who gets like a triple thank you this week, apparently. 
We got Ickis, Nadoon, Mud, Chris, Dungeon Master Burke, and Mike Smith. Thank you all so much for supporting the show and enjoying our shenanigans. Yes, our shenanigans are quite this. You mean shenanigans? No! You're talking about shenanigans, right? Yeah, there's a lot of them, but anyway, let's do this. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. All right, this is a great one. I'm just going to introduce everyone to Elizabeth Francis. And we're just going to jump right into it because I don't want to give away the awesome surprise. It's really cool. People who are beyond 100 or who reach 100 are called centenarians. And it's one of the fastest growing segments of the population, nearly doubling since the year 2000, according to the Pew Research Center. There are now more than 90,000 centenarians in the U.S. alone. But an even more astonishing category are people who get to 110 and beyond. They're called super centenarians. And I want you to meet one super Houston woman who is now making history. My name is Ethel Williams Harrison, and I am 68 years old. My name is Dorothy Mae Williams, and I am 94, 94 years <laughs> old. I'm trying to forget. <laughs> How old did you miss Elizabeth? Now, I am, oh, I'm very, very young. Look at me. I'm like a young chicken. Happy birthday! Elizabeth Francis turned an astounding 114 years old this week, making world history. As five generations of her family celebrated her remarkable milestone, a film crew from Norway and a researcher from Florida came to record her birthday and present her with a plaque. She is the oldest in Texas, the oldest living person in Texas, number two in the United States, number seven in the world, and number two, number two in the world who lives at home. You live in your, in your castle. I talked with Miss Elizabeth, her daughter and granddaughter, just days before her birthday. But do people think you're crazy when you say your mother's 113? They, call it, they don't say crazy, they just say you're lying. <laughs> when she was born in 1909, William Taft was president. 90% of all babies were born at home, and women and black people could not vote. She can no longer remember most of the extraordinary history she's lived through, like world wars, segregation, and two pandemics. But she is able to tell you how she's lived her remarkable life. Now, do you smoke? Never have. Now, do you drink? Oh, no, ma'am. What do you eat? Everything. <laughs> her granddaughter's theory? Whenever you went to her house, I don't care what day of the week, she was cooking. So I just think that had a lot to do with it too, just how she, you know, took care of her body and things like that. Miss Elizabeth has three grandchildren, five great-grandchildren, and four great-great-grandchildren. Her sister lived to be 106, making them among the oldest siblings on record. Her daughter says it's not fame, but family that is most important to her. It's hard to believe, but it's a blessing. Because mm -hmm. she, she has been a wonderful mother and grandmother to all of us. She has been our backbone. Amazingly, she had another family right here at ABC 13. She ran our station's coffee shop back in the 70s and early 80s. She remembers retired anchor Dave Ward was her best customer. And that consumer reporter Marvin Zindler drove her crazy. She'd tell him, Marvin, get out of here. Marvin, get, get, 
Her granddaughter says her real gift is passing on wisdom and advice learned during an incredibly long life. I know we all want to tap into what... Geriatrician Dr. Holly Holmes says Miss Elizabeth has done everything right when it comes to living longer and better. It's advice we can all follow. Things that we know we need to do, you know, moving more, eating better, having more plant-based diet, having social connections, avoiding loneliness and isolation. Why do you think you live so long? His blessing. The Lord blessing. And there you go. Freaking Elizabeth Francis, born in 1909. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just thought that was too, too cool not to share. Yeah, so. Yeah. What did you think, Allie? You, you going to make it to 114? That's amazing. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't think I'd make it this far, so 114, sure, why sure. not? <laughs> Shoot for the stars, uh, baby. That's, wow, like 1909. Just think about how much life is lived in 114 years that's incredible wow and honestly she's looking pretty good for 114 because you know (laughs) i've seen some images of like a tibetan monk that's like uh like 115 and let's just say she looks much better than that guy (laughs) much better right yeah and my best part is the way she's just like ah so young what are you talking about i'm like a spring chicken <laughs> nah, just like she just eats everything. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the best too. Yeah, I feel you. You eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that's where we're gonna leave it, everybody. I just thought that was too too fun not to share. So uh, enjoy that beautiful news story as we get out of here. And we think more about what the heck Farak is doing. Don't Farak things. That's what he does. Yeah. Burning eighty. It's like Trogdor. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughfloorcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughfloor, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at AliAndersK. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. So many damn shenanigans. Ruined my lunch break. Had to go do the dishes instead of watching Warcraft videos. Stupid. Stupid dishes. I blame Jen. Didn't make me do it.